0: Hey, hi. Welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm a pastor at Life Church in Green Bay. And joining me today, as always, is my friend, Pastor Becky. Say hi, Becky.
1: Hello, my name is Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Whenever you say it, <laughs> we have a guest today. It's our very good friend, Trish Franco. Patricia Franco. Patty Franco.
2: Trish. Trish. I I don't do Patty. Mm -mm. There's about two people in this world that can get away with calling me Patty. Yeah. And they live in the state of Texas.
0: So I'm not one of them, is what you're (laughs) saying. No, you're not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Trish, tell us a little bit about you. Maybe a lot of people may not know you.
2: Well, I am Trish Franco. Um, I've been at Life Church, oh gosh, over six years now. Um, I'm one of the Journey to Wholeness facilitators. And um, I'm a single mom, four kids. Um, actually, they're young adults. Yeah, they're no longer in high school. We're all done with that. It's very exciting. Uh, I drive school bus, and I train new drivers on how to drive a school bus. That's so,
0: awesome. Tell me, have have you always been a Jesus person?
2: Um, growing up, we didn't grow. Uh, we didn't go to church as a family. Uh, But I can look back in my life, and there was always Jesus there. There was always people that I went to church with. I think I I prayed the sinner's prayer like when I was in first or second grade. Um, But, and then through high school, I would go to uh, church with friends and uh, had a few falling, you know, where you fall off and... You get back on, and then you fall off, and you get back on. And um, I think after I got my divorced, I fell off for a while. And once I discovered Life Church, um, it was just an amazing uh, healing opening uh, to just all things new for me. Um, it's been just—I never thought I would facilitate uh, a group like this, stand in front of perfect strangers. And um, help them in, on their healing journey. I love so, that. Oh.
0: Let's get into that. Like, mm-hmm. how did you get introduced to Journey to Wholeness, and what was your experience like? Like, why did you take it in the first place? Why did you take it again the second time, and why did you get involved in facilitating?
2: Well, when I first started coming to Life Church, uh, uh, Pastor Becky had her Balanced uh, Heart and Mind group, and I wanted to get involved in or wanted to start taking life groups, and this one sounded sounded like. Something yeah. really cool, but I think when I actually got there, I'm like, "This is this is like really deep. Um, <laughs> we can talk about these things." Yeah. Um. And and Becky always says too, I was the one that gave her that stank look. Yeah. Through the whole group, stank because eye. I yeah stank guy. <laughs> <eye. laughs> but um, I think my past experience was that um, you got Jesus, you got saved. And everything was hunky dory, mm, yeah, um, so we didn't need to talk about um, our emotions. We didn't need to talk about our hurts. Um, we didn't need to talk about our trauma. You had Jesus, um, so going through balanced heart and mind showed me that there's more to um, getting Jesus. Is great. We all need him, but he also wants us to process uh, the traumas that we've been through. Mm-hmm. And once we've processed those traumas or we continually process those hurts and emotions, then we can take the lead and help other people because mm. we all, like you, you, I've heard you say this before too, if you walk the earth, you need journey. Yeah. We've all been hurt. We all have emotions we need to deal with. And um, I just got involved in table leading for Balanced Heart and Mind, and it morphed into Journey to Wholeness. and Kept evolving. It's, Mm. yeah, and so here we are. What was that, six years ago that you first took that? Yes.
1: Goodness gracious. So for six years, we've been doing some format of Journey to Wholeness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. So today, though, we're going to talk about vulnerability.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you find wholeness in vulnerability?
0: Mm. Yeah. It seems like my first reaction is those things would be diametrically opposed, right? right? Like Mm -hmm. if I'm vulnerable, then I can't be whole because I'm always going to be susceptible to other people controlling me or I'm going to be, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to like keep reacting to what other people are doing if I'm being vulnerable. So maybe we should define yeah, like how Journey or how you guys define vulnerability.
2: All right. Well, how we would define vulnerability is... The quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Sounds great, huh?
0: (laughs) I still feel the same way.
2: Sounds like I want to sign up for that.
0: Yeah, I feel like those are still not good things.
1: And yet... The definition of vulnerability we think about is exactly what Trisha's talking about, in that I come to church, I find Jesus, and yet if I don't become vulnerable to him working in my life and revealing things to me that I have struggled with, that I continue to struggle with, and maybe haven't felt brave enough or courageous enough to talk about, then I'm going to be at a deficit. I'm never going to receive the fullness of what Jesus has to offer us through his salvation. And that includes our emotional and our mental and our physical healing. And I think too often we stop short in that I'm not going to be vulnerable. I just want it to all be okay. And so once I come to this church thing, it should just be done. And yet he's saying, no, like, look at me. And here we are, you know, recording this during Holy Week. He was most vulnerable. And until we're most vulnerable in places that are safe and will qualify that, that we're not going to get to that point of healing and wholeness that we're seeking. And we're always going to be hungry and thirsty for something more, not realizing what it is that we're lacking. And I don't think you came to that group thinking you were lacking anything. In fact, neither did I. I went to my first like group and I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm good. I got this under control. And yet inside of me, there was still this struggle, this lack, this, this desire that I couldn't put a name to or a finger on. And I think that's what we do in Journey to Wholeness in our vulnerability.
0: Mm. It's weird because actually I feel like gender roles are reversed a little bit here because as we're talking, I'm thinking about how I'm just all the time vulnerable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm just all the time out there. I never feel like I'm in control or that I've got it or you know, anything mm. else that you guys just said, cause you guys are fierce women. You guys are yeah. like confident, fierce, no bull crap kind of women. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like.
1: Trish is German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's so, all you have to say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And so like, it's just, I feel like that's an interesting thing because like when I think about vulnerability, I think about things like being transparent or just being genuine or being authentic or not putting on any airs or any fronts. So that's my reaction to vulnerability. It's, I feel like I'm, I've always has always have a exposed belly. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I think about like dogs, like when dogs want to show that they're being vulnerable or they want to be like show that they're submissive that they'll roll over on their back and they'll expose their throat and their belly, you know, the, the softest parts of them, so that the person or the dog that they're playing with knows that, you know, they're mm-hmm. not in it for the fight. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I mean, I go around life showing my belly. <laughs> so, <laughs> like not in that gross, big guy way, like at Walmart sometimes there's like a guy with his shirt's too small yeah. and it doesn't really go all over <laughs> his belly.
1: But there's a strength to that as well. And I think we focus on having been in environments where that was taken advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. And so we... That is definitely the enemy's intent, and to get us to shut down so that we don't get that fullness, so we cut ourselves short, so we cut ourselves off. And yet, once we become aware of what affects us, what doesn't affect us, how we operate, what our expectations are, what our needs are, um, what things have uh, taken away from us, then we can get to the, the vulnerability that you finally got to. Mm-hmm. Because definitely when I say she gave me the stank, guy, she sure did. She had her walls up, not boundaries. She had her walls up because she was not sure because of her past and because mm-hmm. of the things she had been through. And so once we could convince her, and so I pointed out the six years and that this is a six-year journey. That's ongoing. That it doesn't happen overnight. But what do we say? Eighty percent happens right away, and then you get the other ten percent over time. And then Jesus fills the last ten yes, percent. Absolutely, but he's always the margin. He's always that protector. He's always the fulfiller where we feel like we can't get it all done ourselves. And so, it's a strength in that when I am vulnerable, I become a. I be I become a container for empathy and compassion and love and mercy and grace. All the things that we love about God Himself, we get to partake in, but we don't get to do that until we're brave enough to be vulnerable, until we actually go through the process of the hard things and that happen because of vulnerability that we look at in the definition and the vulnerability that we get to partake in.
0: So I I love that you headed there because I feel like as a person that doesn't have a problem with vulnerability, like I wonder what is it, what is, what is the lack of vulnerability or the lack of admitting your brokenness or your, 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 living in a walled city. Like what, what are the telltale signs of that? Like, what does that look like in your life? Like how can people that are listening say, Oh my gosh, I didn't really recognize that as being a problem or the fact that I lacked vulnerability, but in fact it's actually a problem. So I feel like you kind of alluded to that, you know, Mm -hmm. where you were talking about, you know, I can think of a number of people that, you know, have a problem with empathy or have a problem with trying to put themselves in someone else's position because Mm -hmm. they just, they'd never, felt vulnerable before. So they certainly have no idea how to allow right. other people. And they to
1: be- have a negative connotation of vulnerability. I'm not going to be right. vulnerable. Weakness. Why would I let someone take advantage of
2: me? Right, yeah. right. And it, the being vulnerable is essentially losing control. You don't have control of the outcome. And a lot of times in life, we want to control the scenarios. So when we let uh, when we try not to control things around us, um, we are letting ourselves be vulnerable. Um, sometimes we feel like we're not good enough, we're not perfect enough, we're not thin enough, we're not powerful enough, um, we're not successful enough, we're not smart enough or certain um, we just, we just have this, um, these things that hold us back. And a lot of times it's based on some trauma that happened in our life. And part of the process is, is going to have to face some of those dark emotions we have. Um, sometimes it's the fear it's, um, it's, um, fear, shame, um, it's grief, it's sadness, it's disappointments that have not been dealt with in our life. And that's why we don't want to let ourselves be vulnerable because we haven't processed those hurts. And so we don't want to open ourselves up to other people because they might hurt us like somebody in the past hurt us. And we just don't want it to go there.
0: Yeah. So I but like Picky, like you've talked about your story a lot mm-hmm. about like who you were mm-hmm. before you started figuring out, I forgot what the first version of this thing was called.
1: Oh, balance, heart and mind. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a
0: mouthful. I'm glad yeah. you changed
1: <laughs> it. Journey so. to wholeness is still a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. J2W. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and but we like, do signs with that with our yeah, hands. Yeah.
0: So with the, you've talked about your life before mm-hmm. Journey and before Bountiful Harvest. What was it called? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. (laughs) Anyway, and like, I I still, I'm still struggling with this idea of like the person you were would never have known that you were not whole, Mm -hmm. right? You thought because you were in control, because Mm -hmm. you were calling your own shots and you didn't need a stinking person to help show you the way or to, I don't know, Mm -hmm. take care of anything for you. You thought, in fact, I'm completely whole. In fact, I'm double whole. Yeah. I'm triple whole.
1: I would say, uh, signs that you lack vulnerability is that you feel isolated you feel lonely. Um, You feel hypervigilant that you have to be suspicious of everyone around you. You're constantly on the defense and thinking of reasons why it's not your fault. Um, If you have those thoughts running through, if you're always looking for someone to uh, drop the ball on you, that means that there's something that occurred in you that is causing you to put up walls around you, which is robbing you from the full relationships that you could have. And it may seem like you have all the things in place you have the house you have the career you have the husband you have the kids and yet you're still holding them at arm's length just in case I always described it as holding a piece of my heart so that I couldn't I wouldn't collapse the day that it all came tumbling down there was always this fear like Trish said this fear that something would happen that would come and try to take this from me. That's the trauma. That's the, I cannot be vulnerable. I have to be prepared for every situation. Um, are you a bit, um, of a workaholic, right? You have to do all the work and you have to do it perfectly. So you do rework because no one can ever catch you uh, having made a mistake. Uh, that's lack of vulnerability. Um, perhaps you have to have everything in a certain order. Because if you don't, you'll feel vulnerable that something's going to happen that you did not anticipate. And so those are just some of the Everyday things that maybe someone wouldn't call out on you. Oh, you're a great worker. You're the best worker here. Sure. You're the hardest worker here. Or you, everything's in order. Everything looks perfect in your life because you won't let anything not be. And yet are your husband and your kids feeling the weight and the burden of that because they can't hold up those expectations that you've set for yourself that is running you down? Are you exhausted? Are you just tired after each day? Because it takes so much effort to keep everything just so. That's a lack of vulnerability.
2: And I'm going to add to that because you talked about um, waiting for that next thing to drop Mm -hmm. for board. you know, something good happens. Okay, something good happens. So what's what's going to go wrong now? Yeah. And then you also talked about the perfectionism. But there's another thing. It's the numbing. Mm. we numb ourselves so, so we don't feel and even like you said too and, and I've said this many a times that I had the walls up yeah. Well, the walls were there that was my way of numbing things yep. so I don't have to um, I don't have to feel the hurt I don't right. have to feel the pain and you know some of the things that we do for that is you know we'll we'll sit and binge watch Netflix um, mm-hmm. some people Turn to drugs and alcohol. Yes, um, and coping we, mechanisms. Coping, exactly, coping mechanisms. Um, and we isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to be around people because you can't people risk are going to hurt it.
1: us. You can't risk the vulnerability because you assume vulnerability means hurt and wounding. Mm-hmm. Why would you assume that? Because something happened at some point. So, what are you going to do with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't. I'm. Like, I don't get it. <laughs>
2: you <laughs> well, know you mean? know, and it's funny because um, uh, some of the things that, and, and Becky had mentioned those, love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, those are things that when you're vulnerable that you open yourself up to. Yes. And when you're not vulnerable, you're not creative. You are a creative guy. Yeah. And I think because you're so open yeah, mm-hmm. that you—that creativity just flows right. in you. I've walked around Hobby Lobby before, going, "How do these people? I mean, just a simple thing. How do people put this stuff together?" Right. I mean, I—I I, I think I'm a decent decorator, but sometimes I can walk around Hobby Lobby and I'm like, "I don't know how to put this together." and, it's, it, and sometimes I think too, it's just because i i have lived where I don't want to be vulnerable. You've shut my—I shut down my creativity. Mm-hmm.
0: Gosh, Yeah, I just like, as you're talking about things, I'm thinking about all these things that people would be missing out on if they didn't allow themselves to be vulnerable. And that is life to me. Mm -hmm. Those things that people would be missing out. I like, I don't know what you would do without those things. Mm -hmm. Like what is life without those things?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I love that you brought that up, that it literally is shutting down the right brain Uh, in order to be numb to the things around me, in order to have this hard facade, this (sighs) perception of that I'm trying to send out of myself that I have it all together. I have literally shut down that side of my brain, which is creative, which is emotional, right? Because emotions are a danger zone for uh, mm-hmm. certain people. Um, not certain, all of us, if we haven't worked through uh, our past. And so when we shut that down, we, we do literally like cut ourselves off from the ability to be imaginative and creative. Now, that doesn't mean you can't so operate because God made us wonderfully intricately that I can work and live out of my left brain perfectly fine i can be orderly and construct but i'm rigid and so why wouldn't i not want a whole life where both sides of the hemispheres of my brain are operating so that i can receive and enjoy and give out and and receive again the fullness of life and so when you think of it that way that's where i think that's what motivated me one because i could see my behavior was affecting other people and uh, i didn't like what i was seeing i didn't know what to do about it and i wouldn't have admitted it at the time so there was a lack of humility but the lack of humility came from a fear of being vulnerable and so um but then to find out that i was missing out that i was cutting my myself off or allowing past behaviors past incidents past situations and circumstances, my perpetrator, I was allowing those people in my life who hurt me the most to rob me of the thing that I had available to me and that I could choose to work through it and gain access to it again. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that. Right. And so I don't know what your motivation is. I don't know what the thing is that you're like, wait, I didn't have access to this information before, but now that I know how this works, and that's what Journey to Wholeness is. Here's information about you. This is how God created you. We live at the intersection of scripture and psychology, and we brought them together, and we just wanna tell you about it so that you know what you are capable of, and you know what you might have been missing. I didn't know I was missing those things. I had constructed my world in defense of, in protection of myself. And I thought I did a pretty dang good job <laughs> until I found out there was this whole other arena, a whole other door I hadn't walked through, and I was missing out. Man, that got me.
2: That got me motivated.
0: See, I'm sorry. Were you?
2: Well, and my experience too, has kind of been um, somewhat the same. Um, I, after I got divorced. Well, actually, when I was married, my ex-husband, um, he he played this game of. I'm going to make it, I'm going to put you down until you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have shared that story many, many, many times. And we actually, we had a facilitator's um, uh, intensive. Uh, intensive, thank you, last summer. And I told Becky, I said, you know, I said, there's something there that hasn't been peeled back yet. And I can't find it. I can't, I know it's there. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. And um, just in the process of of the last six, eight months, um, things have been revealed to me. Yes, my my ex-husband used to play this game with me that um, he was going to put me down um, until I cried. So in the process of that, I made myself numb. I'm not going to engage with you Mm -hmm. um, because you're not going to make me cry. Right. and. I have lived a long life um, acting that way, not letting people engage with me, with my emotions because of that. And just uh, just when we had this, our, our fall, our winter intensive, uh, God was really stirring up a lot of things in me. And uh, I learned that a, a, a behavior that I had, was no longer serving me well. And this is something that we do in Journey to Wholeness. We, right. we we recognize those behaviors that we have that maybe at one time served a purpose for us, for our protection, but they no longer mm-hmm. serve us anymore. I am not that mid-20s girl anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not that um, late-20s, that early-30s girl right. that did not want to play this game, right. um, who shut her emotions down. I am a um, God loved woman who is saved, who who wants to help other women go through their journey. Um, I'm not the same woman that I was right. twenty years ago that right. I am now, but yet I was carrying the shame of not defending myself, and that mm-hmm. is something that um, that during the intensive got r- revealed to me. Mm-hmm. I, I I joke. That I never cry. I, people, I do cry. I just qu- cry in private, but I won't. I publicly. won't publicly cry. I think that weekend—that's probably <laughs> the most you've ever seen me cry. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It was just like opened up, and and since then, you you just carry yourself lighter. Yeah, yeah. And it's just again, our goal isn't to make people cry. That's just your story. In that, yeah. your goal was not to cry, and you had numbed yourself. So to see. God, break that open in a safe place for you. And that didn't come like lightly. That came no. over time and trust, right? And so we're not saying, okay, we're going to put you in a room. And we're going to get you to cry. But what is your thing? What is the thing that you decided, this is how I'm going to live life? What, what agreement did you make and that you're still living by? that doesn't fit your situation anymore to cut yourself off from emotion when you're in a, a, a facilitator mm-hmm. and your goal is to help other women come to an emotional, mental, physical freedom that wasn't serving you anymore. And God was prompting you. Uh, your brain was prompted, prompting you psych- psychologically to address it because it was holding you back mm-hmm. and it was robbing you from, again, the wholeness that you can have through vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that I discovered in, the times that I've gone through journey to wholeness is that, you know, the benefit of doing it in a group is that it turns out that we're not, while we're all, um, for lack of a better word, just right now, broken, right? We've all got breaks. And so, but we're all not broken in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was interesting to learn how other people are broken and how think, because I would think, well, this is how it works for me. So this must be what it is for everybody that people didn't, that everyone has the same threshold of pain that has the same threshold of brokenness that, you know, and so as I think about what we're talking about here, you know, as someone that doesn't struggle with, you know, being vulnerable enough, in fact, almost too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The problem though, is that you may not know if whether you're the husband or the wife or the male or the female, it doesn't matter. But what you may not know about, being unvulnerable is the effect that it has on the people around you. And so, like, if you feel like I've just got this all buttoned up, I'm never going to cry, I'm never going to show emotion, I'm always in control, I've always th- I'm three steps ahead of you, and I'm holding on to these pieces of this in case for the time when you walk out and now I can still rebuild, I've got something to rebuild from. All that stuff is apparent to the people that you're with, and so and they're going to see that not as like I don't know, <laughs> you know confidence or wholeness or anything. They're going to see that as like, why don't they care enough about me to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, why did, you know, why would they, you know, why are they ready to bolt? Mm-hmm. Why are they ready? Like, why do they keep themselves at arm's length from everything, from the truth, from mm-hmm. true feelings, from, you know, emotions, if they keep it all at arms, like, do they, are they not fully invested? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's something that you might not be thinking about as a non-vulnerable person. I don't know what's the opposite of vulnerable. I don't know what do you Mm -hmm. call those people, but whatever it is Mm -hmm. as a non-vulnerable person, these are some of the side effects of that or that attitude or that way of going through life that may be affecting your relationships.
1: Right. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, uh, your dad saying, you know, why are you crying now? Or like, um, you should just know that I love you. Like, didn't I? And how do we define love? How do we define um, constancy? How do we define, like, security? How do we define, you know, for some people, well, I do these things for you, so you should know, right? And uh, where does that come from, though? What's script Where did you get that script? Why did you think it wasn't necessary to communicate those things to the people around you who you hope will be at your deathbed when uh, you go, right? And you can, I could hear, I hear myself. Well, it doesn't matter if they're there or not. I'll be gone, right? (laughs) And yet, like, what am I leaving them? What am I, am I leaving them with security and trust and comfort in who they are and in their identity and what I leave behind? Or am I cutting off Uh, ties everywhere I go including with the people who love me the most right I feel that that's it and maybe for me initially it was you know uh, actually today is the is um, my mother's birthday Mm. and I I can remember um, not wanting my kids to rely too much on me so that they wouldn't break down if I weren't around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I created all kinds of things for them to rely on other than me, and yet I was robbing them of me. All the things and all the resilience and all of the wisdom and all the knowledge that I could pass to them, I was withholding. And so there's my good intentions, and yet I didn't see early on how that was affecting other people. In fact, when one of my mom's good friends said to me, you know it's okay to love your kids, I was like so annoyed with her (laughs) because I was like, what are you talking about? And then as that settled in, I realized that's exactly what I had done. I had created walls with my own children, out of love, really, but out of a hope that they wouldn't crack, they wouldn't crumble. If for some reason they lost me as well. And so that's where understanding how these things work, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of other people and the people that we love to understand each other better and to help each other along the way is so important. Now we say focus on yourself and journey because as soon as you sit in a journey group, you'll be like, oh, this person and this person and Mm -hmm. this person. And yet we have to do that work internally so that when we encounter other hurt people, who hurt people that we're not constantly triggered and responding and or reacting. We're responding in awareness of what may be occurring so that we can help them as well, help them down the journey that we just took.
0: Stay with me here for a second. Okay. So we also, we, I don't know what journey, but you and I talk a lot about our Enneagram yes. score, right? And you know, you're a, two three three i'm a seven seven and so Oh, so oh i'm a two, two. A two. i'm two. a two as a three
1: mm-hmm. then
0: three is an achiever right so stay with me Kay. i'm talking now go <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm trying
1: to help the audience here
0: <laughs> seven is an enthusiast two is a helper okay go right <laughs> so as a three the worst thing that could happen to you would be for you to fall apart or feel like you don't have a place right. to crumble like you did When you lost your mom. Right. And so you're like, I got to protect my kids from failing this horribly and miserably.
1: Exactly. But
0: for a three, that's failure. But for a seven, failure is something completely different. You were applying your three to their seven or their five or their six, right? Exactly. And so, like, this is all about understanding yourself and knowing that what applies to you doesn't apply to everybody else. Yes. And so I, you know, I, I feel like we, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop looking at people going through something and saying, well, I wouldn't handle it that way. I'd handle it this other way. Their person's a jerk or that person's weak or that person's whatever.
1: Yeah. To understand that we are uniquely made, that there's, what, 7 billion unique models on the planet, that there is not a cookie cutter, there is not a template that applies to everyone. And that is our greatest mistake. That's where we find most of our conflict, in that it's beautiful that we are all created so differently. And that is not a negative vulnerability, that to understand each other and to give space for each other and how we were created is not a negative vulnerability. It's a positive one, in that when I understand you, better. I understand your makeup. I understand how you receive love and how you give love. Then I will recognize you giving love when it's happening because I was missing it all along because my definition of that was completely different than yours as a three. And so when I see that, I realize, oops, I missed that because I was sitting there going, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? And realize, wait, he was expressing his love in this way and he must be feeling like I was rejecting it completely because I didn't want to acknowledge it for sure. Because two, I didn't recognize it because three, I had not spent enough time understanding my myself so I can understand anyone else for better than myself. So if I don't understand myself, and that's where it starts, right? Love God, love people as you love yourself. Well, if I can't love myself because I didn't take time to understand myself, I can't love other people for sure because now I understand, okay, when I do these things, this is how it affects them and I shouldn't sit here going, why doesn't this apply to you too? Because God didn't create us all the same. It'd be a pretty boring world if he had. But what I can do is understand how God made you and
2: now we can have better communication. Yeah, I think um, I want to add to that too that we need to realize that when we shut down... What we would call our bad emotions, um, our, uh, we're, our our numbing emotions, where we don't fear or, or feel, we need to realize that we're also setting uh, shutting down our good emotions, our love, our joy, our happiness. Um, uh, you know, we can't selectively shut down mm, so good. one emotion and then still be able to feel in love. Right. Um, others yeah you're when you shut it down you shut it all down
1: yeah and we think we do right mm-hmm. we think that we're experiencing and that's the saddest part when we don't realize that we're we're engaging in something less than i always say you know, that's good but it's not god what god has available to us in the fullness is much greater than the good, but the good feels fine if you don't actually know how the God stuff feels, right? And so I have fabricated something that I call happiness, right? And it may even feel pretty good, but it's not anywhere close to what God has for us when we open up that side of our brain and engage in it and allow ourselves to operate in tandem, right side, left side, heart, mind, all together, that's fullness that's wholeness
2: and i think too that happiness is circumstance Mm. joy is what we want to carry because joy encompasses everything and it doesn't matter if my water heater went out which it did (laughs) Mm. and i got to replace it um I'm going to have joy anyways because I, I'm happy to have a home. I've got a place right. uh, to provide uh, where my, my kids can live. It's a safe place. So if the water heater goes out, yeah, it's a bummer. You got to pay money for it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I have a home. Um, I've, I've got, uh, got food, a safe place, food, and, and, a, and a roof over my head. Exactly. So it's the perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: So good. Okay. So let's move into the idea of how can kind I of start. Exploring, developing my vulnerability. If it is an issue for me, mm-hmm. it's not an issue for me. But <laughs> if it were, like, how do I get there? Like, what is that? What is that?
1: Well, let's talk. Let's stop there first. Uh, how do I temper my vulnerability if I'm over vulnerable?
0: Yeah. yeah boundaries. Uh, yeah, that's a different kind of conversation. Doing? <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. I'm going to talk to you guys about your problems. I don't want to talk to you about my problems.
2: <laughs>
1: right? And so again, we can be over vulnerable. It's uh, It's all on the spectrum. We always say, you know, it's not good or bad. It's just what you have. Mm-hmm. Right? And so let's look at what that is. Am I being over vulnerable in some places? And I'm frustrated because there are some people who have not tapped into their vulnerability. They're still... They're at a different place in their healing journey mm-hmm. than I am. Uh, or they' they were they're wired differently because of circumstances and upbringing, right? Maybe they weren't given that at all. so they don't even know that that's something they should be seeking. right. In my household, this is how we were brought up to be tough, to be, you know, not very emotional because that had a negative connotation. So I, th- I think we can be over vulnerable in that we want to make everything a soft space. Everything in emotional space, every, and again, we're talking about balance and it's balance, heart and (laughs) mind.
0: Or or plentiful harvest.
1: Bountiful harvest, also known (laughs) as, um, and that there's this balance that we can achieve, right? It's both sides working together. If you're fully in your emotional side and you're over vulnerable, you're going to make the logical people in your life, uh, withdraw. But you also need to tap into that logical part of yourself because, again, you're not meant to always be um, thrown around in the wind with your emotions or by your emotions. Um, there is this grounded place, uh, a safe way to work um, in rhythm between the two. Mm-hmm.
0: Can I? Just, so this week, um, at least around here, our kids um, have been kind of half in school, half out of school. And, you know, weeks off at a time and then going back, it's just been hard for them to find a place Mm -hmm. anyway. So my son who's 12 in sixth grade um, uh, this week called from school mid morning to say, Hey, I'm really having a hard time coping right now. Uh, Can you just pick me up? I'd like to go home. Right. And so I was like, yeah, you bet. Right. And so, but then I talked to my wife his mom and we were talking about it and she was like, well, he can't play video games when he gets home. Make sure he knows that, right? So that's for me, because then I said, well, maybe I'll talk to him about his feelings first, and then we can talk about the video game part, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's where she's, whatever she is, probably a three, right? And where I am, you know, as a seven, that, you know, like, for me as a vulnerable person, I'm like all about the emotions. Let's figure this part out. Like, let's make sure that he's not going to crash and burn because Mm -hmm. I know that I've been to places where I've crashed and burned because of my anxiety or because of my whatever. And I don't want that to happen. But for Kate, like her failure would be that she just didn't plan well enough. Mm -hmm. And so she must've been distracted by something when she failed one time. So Abe's failing because he's playing video games. Mm -hmm. So she's very pragmatic, very Mm -hmm. practical about it. Mm -hmm. Like just no more video games. That'll solve the problem. Not accounting for, like the emotions. But then me, I'm not even accounting for the logistical issues. I'm just mm-hmm. counting for the emotional issues. And so this goes back to your point about it being a balance. Yes. That you know, that it's it's more than just emotions, but it's more than just logistics.
1: Yes. For and sure. so
0: then those two things together make a whole. Right. We could call this podcast.
1: The whole podcast. The whole podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's forget about bountiful harvest.
1: <laughs> Flashback. So true. As you were talking, I just thought how blessed he is.
2: Abram. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That he has a father who is completely tapped into being vulnerable in his emotions and a mother who immediately went to let's solve this problem. Let's get some things for him to cope better. Let's not let him isolate in video games where it doesn't solve the problem. But let's actually talk about, okay, what is the plan here? And it takes both sides. That is a healthy vulnerability. I can go there, but I also engage in the other side of my brain to bring myself to a place where I'm healthy in my vulnerability. Not overly vulnerable, not negatively vulnerable, but in a safe place that I I can recognize both of those things and use all of those tools to my advantage to make me well.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so now can we stop talking about me for a second? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So those people who are listening that are not vulnerable, Mm -hmm. what does that path look like?
2: Uh, Taking off the mask Mm. and wondering people, allowing people to see you, and then that they're going to like you for who you are, being authentic.
0: You've not, either of you have not yet given me a good reason that if I'm a not vulnerable person to take off my mask, there's no upside to that for me. I'm imagining as a non-vulnerable person, mm-hmm. there's no advantage to taking off my mask. Mm-hmm. Only bad things have ever happened. Why would I ever take off my mask right now? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would quant- qualify <laughs> that, not quantify, qualify that with um, find a group of people who are safe. And if you're not sure about that, let me say to you that Journey to Wholeness is a safe place. I hope we've communicated that. But so is your local church. Mm -hmm. So is a good Jesus friend who's your neighbor, who seems to be wiser than anyone you know. Um, There are so many people who would love to have you at their table and know your story Mm -hmm. and help you along the way. We Mm -hmm. weren't made to travel by ourselves. And so... If there are things that you are struggling with in your isolation, in your protection of yourself, that's, w- I just want to encourage you, don't live life like that. There's too many regrets that you can build up in that process. I don't want you to be 70, 80, 90 years old and looking back on your life and realizing that you missed it or that there's not enough people left around around your bed Um, no one, everyone, no one should be alone. Everyone needs someone. God created us for a relationship. And I know that you may have gotten hurt. I know that relationship may be the thing that you're like, you know what? That hasn't worked out for me, but through Jesus, (laughs) through Christ, he, I mean, I know we're in Holy Week here. He came to redeem all of that. He came to redeem all of us, including your emotions and the parts of you that you're afraid of. When you understand through scripture, through psychology, how he created you, then you can't be convinced that you were created for anything but good. And anything in you is nothing less than good. And when we come to that realization, that's when, that's when the fullness comes. That's when living life in a way that I didn't even know I was missing out on happens.
2: But you have more. You have more in your list. <laughs> so I think um, it's stepping out into the arena of life, and knowing that I take a chance of making a friend with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I might open myself up to them, and the outcome might be uncertain. But I'm going to do it anyways, um, because I'm going to grow from that if I let myself be vulnerable it's also putting up some boundaries. Not everybody needs to know our business. And, and like Becky says, uh, uh, doing journey gives you a safe space. Um, even like I, I participate in downtown church, uh, Scott's pastor there. Um, that's a safe space. Mm-hmm. We can come in and we can talk about what's going on in our life. Um, I love going to have a cup of coffee with somebody and talking about life. Mm-hmm. Uh, But part of it is also, it's putting yourself out there. And that is such the scary step. And I know Scott's like, well, why would you want to do that? Because if we don't connect with people, we suffer. Mm -hmm. And I have been that person that has isolated. After my divorce, I was like, I'm just going to live, work, and take care of my kids. But in the process of that, I was not loving people. I was not loving myself And I was so disconnected um, in my life that there was always that sadness there. And I don't want to live with that sadness. I want to be connected with people, knowing that they may not, um, in the process of that, they may hurt me, but that's okay. Because uh, when Jesus walked the earth, he had people that hurt him too, but he loved them anyway. And... I also think sometimes we get so caught up in life that if you do something, if I do something for you, well, you need to do something for me. Give that love without any expectation because that's what Jesus did for us. He died on the cross um, so we could be forgiven, so we can be loved without any expectation. He just gave it his life freely. So we need to learn to give freely, too, without Mm -hmm. expecting something how many times have you on Facebook and somebody is just ranting mm-hmm. that I do th- this for everybody? It, nobody does anything for me. Well, you're putting unmet expectations on these people. Mm-hmm. Do it out of love without expecting something in return. Yeah. And maybe that person doesn't have the capability to give back to you what you think you should get from them. But God is so gracious. He will put people in your life that will give you what you need Mm -hmm. when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because – you're putting expectations
1: on people that you never communicated mm-hmm. and then being disappointed by the fact that they didn't reciprocate something and so are you given a gift or are you trying to engage in a transaction you haven't communicated mm-hmm. and that's so that's like oh wait a second I never thought of it that way right but those are the things that when we understand what what am I looking for what do I want here what is my need and my desire here? Then I can frame that properly instead of going in and always engaging in stuff like that that makes us feel like, well, vulnerability is not worth it because I didn't, one, set a boundary, to I didn't even understand what my expectations or hopes were in this relationship. And I for sure didn't communicate them because I didn't identify them. And now I'm all messed up again. I'm mm-hmm. all hurt and I'm all isolated because I said, you know what? See, I tried to be vulnerable. I tried to open myself up and it failed me again. Mm-mm. That's not how we walk into it. We walk in understanding how we operate, what is inside of us, how our mind is working, who we are. And that's so important because other people do not um define you. When I know those things, it really is. I can walk into any circumstance because I know I am fully aware of myself. I have a self-awareness that I don't have these expectations, but I also don't have these offenses that are coming up mm-hmm. um, because I just didn't identify or Uh, communicate those things to the people around me. Now that I'm aware of myself, I can communicate those things. I can share those things. If I get upset, I go, you know what? That's me. I'm so sorry. I got upset with you, but that's on me because I have this thing where I have this expectation, but I don't communicate it. So let me correct that and give you an opportunity to be in a relationship with me and to actually be a good friend to me because I actually know what it is I'm looking for in a friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so many pieces and it sounds like, wow, that's a lot of detail and yet as we walk through the journey weeks or as we walk through an intensive it really does uh all come together and it's so clear uh and it becomes our new uh automatic right our new go-to we we're not thinking of this consciously every time we engage in it it becomes part of our new self-conscious as god as as the scripture says in romans renews our mind and our hearts um so that we can understand ourselves better and understand each other better
2: Mm-hmm. I used to uh, call that going back to the cave.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I would step out of the cave, and if somebody would hurt me or disappoint me, I would go back to the cave because the cave was safe. Yeah, but the sa- the cave is also dark, yep. and there's no emotion there. Um, so when you when you be brave, it's it's a courageous thing to step out and be vulnerable because you have no control. But when you step out and you're courageous, um, don't be tempted to step back into the cave because life is more beautiful out of the cave the light mm-hmm. shines onto your life in the cave it's darkness yeah and we we want the light in our life we want the light of jesus in our life we want the light of friendships and connection and people in our life because that is why we were created we were created for co- connection to be with people yeah i feel like i have to say You're safer in the
1: light than in the darkness. The darkness may feel like it's protecting you and isolating you from anything bad happening. But the light, the light that truth shines on, the light that purifies, the light that keeps us warm is so much more satisfying than the dark cave. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Great job today, you guys. Like, I loved what we covered Becky, if people wanted more information on Journey to Wholeness, where can they find that?
1: You should visit our website, j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number 2, wholeness.org. There's so much more available there right now. Uh, We have Journey to Wholeness online courses. So if you're outside of the uh, 920, you can do that. And we have intensives that we talked about. If you would be interested in an intensive, reach out to me. Uh, On our website, we have an email and we would love to talk to you about doing that as well.
0: Trish, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having uh, hope me. Hope to have you back again.
2: Absolutely. That'd I'd love great. to come back. That'd be great. <laughs>
0: you guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please um, share it with your friends that you feel it might benefit for some of the things that were said here. We'd also love it for you to rate or review this podcast in any one of your favorite podcast channels that really lets more and more, more and more, more and more, more and more, more people. And a few more. Yeah, know about the whole podcast <laughs> many, many more. and how we can just be <laughs> made more whole. And I love that so much. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.